O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, October 26th. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kayai Sarah, and it means Life of Sarah. Genesis 24, 10-26 Then he loaded ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master, and he traveled to distant Aram Naharam. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. O Lord! God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebekah coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. 
Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she answered, have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Whose daughter are you? he asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I am the daughter of Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. Yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, he said. Jeremiah 49.23-50.46 This message was given concerning Damascus. This is what the Lord says. The towns of Hamath and Arpad are struck with fear, for they have heard the news of their destruction. Their hearts are troubled like a wild sea in a raging storm. Damascus has become feeble, and all her people turn to flee. Fear, anguish, and pain have gripped her as they grip a woman in labor. That famous city, a city of joy, will be forsaken. Her young men will fall in the streets and die. Her soldiers will all be killed, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. And I will set fire to the walls of Damascus that will burn up the palaces of Ben-Hadad. This message was given concerning Kedar and the kingdoms of Hazor, which were attacked by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. This is what the Lord says. Advance against Kedar. Destroy the warriors from the east. Their flocks and tents will be captured, and their household goods and camels will be taken away. Everywhere, shouts of panic will be heard. We are terrorized at every turn. Run for your lives, says the Lord. Hide yourselves in deep caves, you people of Hazor. For King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has plotted against you and is preparing to destroy you. Go up and attack that complacent nation, says the Lord. Its people live alone in the desert without walls or gates. Their camels and other livestock will all be yours. I will scatter to the winds these people who live in remote places. I will bring calamity upon them from every direction, says the Lord. Hazor will be inhabited by jackals and it will be desolate forever. No one will live there. No one will inhabit it. This message concerning Elam came to the prophet Jeremiah from the Lord at the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah of Judah. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. I will destroy the archers of Elam, the best of their forces. I will bring enemies from all directions, and I will scatter the people of Elam to the four winds. They will be exiled to countries around the world. 
I myself will go with Elam's enemies to shatter it. In my fierce anger, I will bring great disaster upon the people of Elam, says the Lord. Their enemies will chase them with the sword until I have destroyed them completely. I will set my throne in Elam, says the Lord, and I will destroy its king and officials. But I will restore the fortunes of Elam in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. The Lord gave Jeremiah the prophet this message concerning Babylon and the land of the Babylonians. This is what the Lord says, Tell the whole world and keep nothing back. Raise a signal flag to tell everyone that Babylon will fall. Her images and idols will be shattered. Her gods, Bel and Marduk, will be utterly disgraced. For a nation will attack her from the north and bring such destruction that no one will live there again. Everything will be gone. Both people and animals will flee. In those coming days, says the Lord, the people of Israel will return home together with the people of Judah. They will come weeping and seeking the Lord their God. They will ask the way to Jerusalem and will start back home again. They will bind themselves to the Lord with an eternal covenant that will never be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray and turned them loose in the mountains. They have lost their way and can't remember how to get back to the sheepfold. All who found them devoured them. Their enemies said, We did nothing wrong in attacking them. For they sinned against the Lord, their true place of rest and the hope of their ancestors. But now, flee from Babylon. Leave the land of the Babylonians. Like male goats at the head of the flock, lead my people home again. For I am raising up an army of great nations from the north. They will join forces to attack Babylon, and she will be captured. The enemy's arrows will go straight to the mark. They will not miss. Babylon will be looted until the attackers are glutted with loot. I, the Lord, have spoken. You rejoice and are glad, you who plundered my chosen people. You frisk about like a calf in a meadow and neigh like a stallion. But your homeland will be overwhelmed with shame and disgrace. You will become the least of nations, a wilderness, a dry and desolate land. Because of the Lord's anger, Babylon will become a deserted wasteland. All who pass by will be horrified and will gasp at the destruction they see there. Yes, prepare to attack Babylon, all you surrounding nations. Let your archers shoot at her, spare no arrows. For she has sinned against the Lord. Shout war cries against her from every side. Look, she surrenders. Her walls have fallen. It is the Lord's vengeance, so take vengeance on her. Do to her as she has done to others. 
Take from Babylon all those who plant crops. Send all the harvesters away. Because of the sword of the enemy, everyone will run away and rush back to their own lands. The Israelites are like sheep that have been scattered by lions. First, the king of Assyria ate them up. Then, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon cracked their bones. Therefore, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Now I will punish the king of Babylon and his land, just as I punished the king of Assyria. And I will bring Israel home again to its own land, to feed in the fields of Carmel and Bashan, and to be satisfied once more in the hill country of Ephraim and Gilead. In those days, says the Lord, no sin will be found in Israel or in Judah, for I will forgive the remnant I preserve. Go up, my warriors, against the land of Marathim and against the people of Pecod. Pursue, kill, and completely destroy them, as I have commanded you, says the Lord. Let the battle cry be heard in the land, a shout of great destruction. Babylon, the mightiest hammer in all the earth, lies broken and shattered. Babylon is desolate among the nations. Listen, Babylon, for I have set a trap for you. You are caught, for you have fought against the Lord. The Lord has opened his armory and brought out weapons to vent his fury. The terror that falls upon the Babylonians will be the work of the sovereign Lord of Heaven's armies. Yes, come against her from distant lands, break open her granaries, crush her walls and houses into heaps of rubble, destroy her completely, and leave nothing. Destroy even her young bulls. It will be terrible for them, too. Slaughter them all, for Babylon's day of reckoning has come. Listen to the people who have escaped from Babylon as they tell in Jerusalem how the Lord our God has taken vengeance against those who destroyed his temple. Send out a call for archers to come to Babylon. Surround the city so none can escape. Do to her as she has done to others for she has defiled, defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Her young men will fall in the streets and die. Her soldiers will all be killed, says the Lord. See, I am your enemy, you arrogant people, says the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. Your day of reckoning has arrived, the day when I will punish you. O land of arrogance, you will stumble and fall, and no one will raise you up. For I will light a fire in the cities of Babylon that will burn up everything around them. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. The people of Israel and Judah have been wronged. Their captors hold them and refuse to let them go. But the one who redeems them is strong. His name is the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Saviot. He will defend them and give them rest again in Israel. But for the people of Babylon there will be no rest. The sword of destruction will strike the Babylonians, says the Lord. It will strike the people of Babylon. 
her officials and wise men too. The sword will strike her wise counselors, and they will become fools. The sword will strike her mightiest warriors, and panic will seize them. The sword will strike her horses and chariots, and her allies from other lands, and they will all become like women. The sword will strike her treasures, and they will all be plundered. A drought will strike her water supply, causing it to dry up. And why? Because the whole land is filled with idols, and the people are madly in love with them. Soon, Babylon will be inhabited by desert animals and hyenas. It will be a home for owls. Never again will people live there. It will lie desolate forever. I will destroy it as I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, says the Lord. No one will live there. No one will inhabit it. Look, a great army is coming from the north. A great nation and many kings are rising against you from far-off lands. They are armed with bows and spears. They are cruel and show no mercy. As they ride forward on horses, they sound like a roaring sea. They are coming in battle formation, planning to destroy you, Babylon. The king of Babylon has heard reports about the enemy, and he is weak with fright. Pangs of anguish have gripped him like those of a woman in labor. I will come like a lion from the thickets of the Jordan, leaping on the sheep in the pasture. I will chase Babylon from its land, and I will appoint the leader of my choice. For who is like me, and who can challenge me? What ruler can oppose my will? Listen to the Lord's plans against Babylon and the land of the Babylonians. Even the little children will be dragged off like sheep, and their homes will be destroyed. The earth will shake with the shout, Babylon has been taken, and its cry of despair will be heard around the world. Titus 1, 1-16 This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and a and an apostle of Yeshua. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. And now, at just the right time, He has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for him. I am writing to Titus, my true son, in the faith that we share. May God the Father and Yeshua our Savior give you grace and peace. I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town, as I have instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children, must be believers, who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just 
he must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message that he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. They must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching. And they do it only for money. Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, has said about them, The people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, and lazy gluttons. This is true. So reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. They must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and conscience are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Psalm 97.1-98.9 The Lord is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. Dark clouds surround Him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. Fire spreads ahead of Him and burns up all His foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim His righteousness. Every nation sees His glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced, all who brag about their worthless gods. For every god must bow to Him. Jerusalem has heard and rejoiced, and all the towns of Judah are glad because of your justice, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. Sing a new song to the Lord. For he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord. For the Lord is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. 
Proverbs 26, 13-16 The lazy person claims there's a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. As a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. Lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it to their mouth. Lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. I want to speak to you today from Jeremiah chapter 50. And this chapter is all about God's judgment on the end of days daughter of Babylon nation. Now, you could look at it through the lens of history and say that perhaps this this chapter and the following chapter, 51, are talking about the destruction of historical Babylon. And perhaps it does fit. But I believe that these two chapters, chapter 50 and 51, are speaking about an end-of-days daughter Babylon nation that will be destroyed and judged in the end of days. And what nation might that be? It's very possible that it is the United States of America. So in this chapter, it talks about in verses 4 and 5, In those coming days, says the Lord, the people of Israel will return home together with the people of Judah. Now notice who it's talking about, two groups of people. The people of Israel, that is the northern kingdom, the house of Israel, the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. Together with the people of Judah, that's the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, the Jewish people. So the whole house of Israel, all twelve tribes, They will come weeping and seeking the Lord their God, and they will ask the way to Jerusalem and will start back home again. They will bind themselves to the Lord. And so this terrible war scenario that unfolds actually is the trigger for the greater exodus, for the people of God to leave the nation where they are and to begin a journey home towards Israel. This theme continues in verse 6. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray and turned them loose in the mountains. They have lost their way and can't remember how to get back to the sheepfold. So this was Yeshua's primary mission when he came the first time, and it will be his ongoing mission when he returns the second time. He came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And who are they? They are the ten tribes of the north, the northern kingdom. They were taken into exile to Assyria, and they never returned. They forgot who they were. They forgot God's book. They forgot the Torah. They forgot God and his name. So Yeshua came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, what's going to happen? to this end-of-days daughter of Babylon nation. This daughter of Babylon nation will be like the first Babylon, the historical Babylon. And the historical Babylon, led by King Nebuchadnezzar, was a conquering nation. And they were cruel. And they they conquered Israel. They, They breached the walls of Jerusalem and they burned and destroyed the the first temple. 
continuing on in this chapter, verse 8, but now flee from Babylon. Leave the land of the Babylonians. He's basically saying there's going to come a time when it will be time to leave, to flee. That, I believe, is the greater exodus. And when might that happen? When was the first exodus? The first exodus happened at Passover. That's in the spring. So the final exodus, the greater exodus, I believe, will happen once again at Passover. Continuing on in verse 15, let's look at this. Shout war cries against her from every side. Look, she surrenders. Her walls have fallen. It is the Lord's vengeance, so take vengeance on her. What is the current condition of the borders of the United States of America? Well, under the Biden administration, millions and millions of illegal aliens are freely flowing across the southern border. They're coming from all over the world, not just from Latin America. The Haitians are being flown in and people from the Middle East people who have diseases, who are sick, who are criminals. All kinds of folks are just flowing across the border, and and it's intentional. The borders have fallen. And what defines a nation? Language, borders, and culture. That's what defines a nation. When you lose your borders and your language and your culture, you've lost the nation. Now, there's another principle that comes up in this chapter several times. It's the idea of measure for measure. In other words, what you sow, you reap. If you sow ill-gotten, cruel behavior, you're going to reap it. So, in verse 15, do to her as she has done to others. That's this measure for measure principle. So this is what God is going to do. He's going to judge her according to how she's treated other people. Now, she is also considered the hammer of the nations. In other words, she's a very strong, powerful nation. And she has a mighty army and air force and a mighty military prowess. Verse 23, Babylon, the mightiest hammer in all the earth, lies broken and shattered. Babylon is desolate among the nations. Again, I do believe that that is describing the United States. Um, Another hopeful verse that brings hope that in the midst of the destruction of Babylon, God is going to be in the process of saving his remnant people and taking them out of Babylon and returning them home to Israel. Verse 19, I will bring Israel home again to its own land, to feed in the fields of Carmel and Bashan, and to be satisfied once more in the hill country of Ephraim and Gilead. So here he's promising that the remnant of the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, will return once again to the land of Israel. And specifically, they'll go to the hill country of Ephraim and Gilead. Where is that? That is the heartland of Israel. That's biblical Samaria up in the in the hill country to the north of Jerusalem. 
in the area once known that is known as Shomron or Samaria. So another clue about what's going on here is in verse 28. Listen to the people who have escaped from Babylon as they tell in Jerusalem how the Lord our God has taken vengeance against those who destroyed his temple. So who destroyed his temple? Well, the second time that it was destroyed, it was Rome. And the Edomites were involved with it. They stood by and they were joyful and gleeful as the temple was being destroyed. And so Edom became a part of Rome. And Rome became the cradle of Western civilization. Modern-day republic and democracy is based upon the Roman structure of government. So it was Rome, the Western world, that destroyed the temple. And then continuing on in verse 29, Send out for a call for archers to come to Babylon. Surround the city so none can escape. Do to her as she has done to others. For she has defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. There's your measure-for-measure concept and principle once again, due to her as she has done to others. And then this mention of archers. We see this theme throughout this chapter of archers surrounding her. And that there's a coalition of nations from the north that join together to take her down. What are these archers? Well, in ancient times, it was the bow and the arrow. But in modern times, it's the missile. Missiles. Guided missiles. Those are the archers. And then we have verse 33. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. The people of Israel and Judah have been wronged. Okay, again, we're talking about northern and southern kingdom the ten tribes of the north, and the house of Judah, the Jewish people of the south, the southern kingdom. They have been wronged. Their captors hold them and refuse to let them go. Well, look at that in the light of today's world of the pandemic, where there's quarantines and lockdowns, and you can't travel freely unless you show a vaccine passport showing that you've taken the jab. Visitors cannot freely come to the nation of Israel anymore unless they go into quarantine for two weeks or they show that they've been recently jabbed. People are in lockdown, and it's been that way now for more than a year. Their captors hold them and refuse to let them go. In light of the world pandemic, pandemic, this verse takes on a whole new meaning. So why is God going to take down this Babylon nation? And there's a direct comparison to Sodom and Gomorrah. That's even mentioned in this chapter. Why? Verse 38. Because the whole land is filled with idols and the people are madly in love with them. So, is America filled with idols? Idols of the heart. Not so much little statues that people bow down to, but idols of the heart. What kind of idols of the heart? Well, anything that you love or desire or cherish, 
equal to or above God is an idol of the heart. That could include screens, a 401k, a big house, anything that you love or desire equal to or above God becomes an idol of the heart. Putting your trust in anything other than God is an idol of the heart. Do we put our trust in a mask to protect us? Do we put our trust in a vaccine, so-called vaccine, but actually it's, um, it's, a, it's a medicine, gene therapy, experimental use medicine? To, do we put our trust in that to protect us from the coronavirus? Or do we put our trust in God Almighty? Who is it that is going to take this end of days daughter of Babylon nation down? We see the answer to that question in verses 41 and 42. Look, a great army is coming from the north. A great nation and many kings are rising against you from a far off lands. They are armed with bows and spears. They are cruel and show no mercy. As they ride forward on horses, they sound like a roaring sea. They are coming in battle formation, planning to destroy you, Babylon. And so, who could that be? Well, in light of today's current events, that could very well be Russia and China and Iran. A coalition of nations. And verse 43, the king of Babylon has heard reports about the enemy and he is weak with fright. Pangs of anguish have gripped him like those of a woman in labor. Who might that be? Well, whoever currently occupies the White House, and uh, the current occupant of the White House is not a strong leader. In fact, he is very weak. And we saw evidence of that with the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan and the weak response of the United States under the current commander-in-chief. So, actually, when you think about it, we are already at war. And the war began about two years ago when the virus was released purposefully and intentionally from the Wuhan lab in China, a scourge upon the world a bioweapon that was released. That was phase one. It's an unconventional war. Phase two was when the experimental jab was developed and now is being deployed. And according to VAERS, over 140,000 Americans have already died from this jab, and that's very conservative. It's probably much more than that. And many, many more have been seriously injured from this jab. So that's bioweapon phase two. uh, It's a thinning out and a culling out of the herd of so-called useless eaters. That's how the globalists view us, is we are useless eaters. And so phase three now of this war is the crippling of the U.S. economy. And with the now the supply chain choke points happening where 
Hundreds of cargo ships are sitting out in the sea waiting to dock at their ports, and because of the strict uh, restrictions of the COVID, the ships aren't able to dock, and the workers aren't aren't able to uh, unload the cargo freight and, and move things along on the supply chain. The truckers, many of them are uh, not working anymore because they don't want to Uh, play by the COVID rules that have been imposed upon them in a tyrannical fashion. So this is a crippling of the U.S. economy, and it's being done on purpose. It's another phase of the war that we're in to destroy the U.S. economy. And I think one of the final phases then of this war that's already happening is the military attack is yet to come. That when America is weak, And when America is um, already broken, when her will has been crushed, when her resources have been depleted, and when the people's will has been crushed, that's when the military attack will come. And it'll just be easy pickings. So what are we to do in all of this? Well, we're given instructions. In this chapter, what are we to do? It tells us right in the beginning, opening verses, verses four and five. In those coming days, says the Lord, the people of Israel will return home together with the people of Judah. That's Jews and non-Jews. That's the whole house. That's all of us. They will come weeping and seeking the Lord their God. They will ask the way to Zion, to Jerusalem. And will start back home again. They will bind themselves to the Lord with an eternal covenant that will never be forgotten. So, what do we do? We wait upon the Lord. We be ready to pick up and go when He says so. So, we are to live uh, very lightly here in this place because this is a temporary place of abode where we are right now. And there is a journey coming. The greater exodus to come. It is coming. And when it's time to go, we're going to need to go. So we need to prepare to go. And um, when when the word is given from the Lord that it's time to go, (laughs) we need to go. So the time to prepare is now. Whatever that looks like in your life, if you need to liquidate some assets or sell some things, um, but prepare for a journey. Get ready for the journey of your life. We will be birthed out of the womb of Babylon, or the womb of Egypt, if you will, and a new nation. A reborn nation will emerge, and we our ultimate destination will be Israel. Shalom. Have a blessed day. Adonai <laughs> Mereka Yeah, yeah
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>